So as we get into Vision Month, I encourage you to stay hooked in with us all month long. If for whatever reason you can't make one of the services on a Sunday, you know, we have this great feature now, which is podcasts and our messages. You can listen to them online on our website and you can also uh, just get the podcast app on your phone and you can listen to the latest messages that way as well. But as we as we move forward and talking about vision this month, I want to also encourage you to just really press into God in, in a way. Maybe you do this already or maybe you haven't done this before, but to really press in to God for the vision that he has for your life as well. Because part of having a vision as an organization, such as a church, means that all of the members, all of the parts of that body that play a role, there's also a vision for their lives individually. And so it's really at the heart of what we're about that we want to see people recognize what God's called them to do and to get excited and on fire for that and to do great and mighty things and, and the purposes God has for them. And that ultimately is part of what is going to further our church's vision is seeing multitudes of people walk in their calling powerfully that God has created them for. And so uh, I encourage you to really press in and pray and spend time seeking God this month as we go through this. But I want to lay out a few things for you about how we're going to do this through the Sundays in January. And so let's put the first slide up there. There's, there's what I would consider like the anatomy of our vision. There's a, there's a couple of things that make up, to me, our vision, who we are, what we're about, and how we're doing it. And so the first one is our why, which is simply why we exist, right? And we use this phrase, it's called raising up game changers. Now, this is the one I'm actually going to spend most of my time talking about today. So I'll get back to this in a second. But this is kind of like that vision statement, if you will, or the, su the summary of kind of everything else is really flowing out of this. And then we get into our values, our values, which we have four values. There's passion, humility, integrity, and love. Now, here's the thing about values, okay? And if you're part of an organization or, you know, planning and developing strategy for a company, maybe a lot of this stuff would kind of resonate with you or make sense. But, but values, they're basically you're looking at your, your core group of people and your leadership, and you're saying, what are the essential things that we must embody, that we must contend for and carry forth with us in everything that we do if our vision is to be fully carried out and executed the way that we see it happening. Now, the challenge with this is that you can put 10, 15, 20 things on a list and they all are virtuous. They're all noble and worthwhile and could make any organizations valueless. But the challenge is reducing it down to a few things, preferably three to five, that you say that is at the heart of it. That is what we are all about. There is no um, latitude or there's no, there's no tolerance for, for that lacking in the heart of the leadership of the organization. So for people that are leading in, in Life Church X, and as we move forward, we're going to grow lots more leaders up. This is going to be obviously a key, these are key qualities that we, were, we are contending for, we are nurturing, and that we are seeing the results of them obviously play out in the contribution they're making into our vision. So 
compassion, humility, integrity, and love. Now, next week, I'm actually going to talk about the first two, passion and humility, and get into, because Jesus was very passionate. He was very, I mean, you can see these are obviously qualities that Jesus displayed, too. He's very passionate. He's very humble. And then in week three... Katie's actually going to speak that week, and we're going to have her up here, and she's going to be talking about integrity and love, which is really good because we've been working a lot with her on love lately and trying to really help her get into that more. As you guys know, she's been pretty violent with me. She threw apples at me, and so, or threatened to throw apples at me. She didn't actually throw them. Honesty is good. Not a value, though. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, um, so she's going to talk about integrity, and she's going to talk about love. And then we're going to get into the next thing, which is our focus. And then those last two weeks, we're going to talk about these areas, which are extend, expand, experience, and exchange. And what these four areas basically are is what we call our focus, or this is what we do. This is what our activity consists of. This is what our planning and our strategy kind of flows out of. If we have an event, if we have a program, if we have an outreach, if, if we're doing anything at all with resources and energy that's available here, I can guarantee you it's going to fit into one of those four categories. And if it doesn't, then it's not something that we're going to do, okay? And that doesn't mean it's not good. It just means it doesn't fit into what we're going to invest our energy and time in doing. And so we're going to get into those in detail, but just to kind of give you a cursory overview extend is the way we reach into our community. It's who we are outside the walls of this church. It, that's where extreme service falls into. It's how we're serving people in our community, but it's also how we're being involved in our community. We like to say we, we, we like to party and have a good time. So if there's a big party going on, we're probably going to be there, or a lot of us are going to be there. Why? Because we value what people in our community value. So extending is serving, but also partying and having a good time with people in our community and building those kinds of connections and relationships. Expand is is how we grow. It's how we increase. It's how we raise up multiple generations of leaders. It's, it's the growth element of what we're all about and how we're doing that. And then you get into experience, which we're, we're very strong about, and passion kind of comes into this, where we're very strong about helping people to experience an authentic and powerful relationship with Jesus Christ. Not a dry religion, not a bunch of rituals or routine, but actually cultivating a real and personal and the, might I add the closest relationship that we're all to have in our lives, which is an intimacy and a closeness to the Holy Spirit so that we don't know about God, but we actually know God. And through that relationship, all of the things, as you'll see, that we're called to be flow out of that and empower us to be who we are. Apart from a personal relationship, you can't really experience that fullness of what God has for you and what he's created you for. It's part of what he died for you to have is, is that relationship with his Holy Spirit through the days that we walk on this earth until we have the ultimate relationship, which is when we're in heaven with him. Amen. So experience and then exchange, which is kind of a goofy word, but it was the only word we could come up with that fit. And it, it, it is an area that we definitely wanted to have as one of the four focuses, which is the area of like fellowshipping and building relationships and community. And this is, is really strong in the sense of within the body. And I can't impress enough, and we'll talk more about this in that week, but having close, core
core relationships of people who are aligned with your values biblically, who have faith, who are believers, who can speak truth to you, who have permission to say things that are helpful but may not always be easy to hear, to really have yourself surrounded with a, with a group of people who love you and care about you and have your best interest at heart no matter what, and they're always going to be able and willing to say the things or to just be a part of your life the way that they need to. We say celebrating life's greatest moments and supporting each other through life's most difficult times. And again, as I look back on this last year and reflected, there was so many of both of those. We went through, our family went through some very painful things just toward the end of this year. And without a core group of people around us, right, and just being there and the love that just poured out, I can't, I can't even imagine how difficult something like that would be. And then you think about all the great things that have happened, and it's awesome to have great things happen, but it's awesome to celebrate those with people who recognize what God is doing in our lives as those things are occurring. Make sense? So that's kind of an overview of where we're headed for the month of January. Now I'm going to get into, and let's just put that first one up there on the screen, Kim, and leave it up there, our why, raising up game changers. Raising up game changers. So where does this statement actually come from? And the truth is, is it isn't like we just said, oh, we want to have some great slogan. And, and really a slogan in itself is, it's, it's, it's not really powerful unless everything that flows out of the organization embodies that, right? And so the raising up game changers was a way where we just kind of arrived at a concise way of being able to say something that we could speak the rest of our vision from. Um, and so when you see the logo, Life Church, you see at the end of it, there's an X. All right. And that's very significant for us because the X, first of all, we're a church that started as a satellite campus, a location of another church. We were planted here. We became autonomous because we became established and the work God was doing was bigger than, you know, we felt like it was something where we needed to be able to lead from our own vision moving forward. And so we kept the name Life Church because that's our roots and that's where we come from. And there's so much history, rich history and influence there. There's a great number of there's people here from, the, from that church that have come here to be a part of this. And there's a great number of people who are praying for us and cheering us on. Pastor Rick Shelton is still my pastor, always will be, Katie and I's. And, and they're like a, a spiritual father to this house, okay? So there's a lot of respect that goes into the fact that we kept that name Life Church. But we threw the X on the end of it in order to, to distinguish ourselves too. And what that X basically means it really means two things. It means to multiply, and it also means X factor. Okay, so let me explain. Multiply, I'll get to second. First is the X factor. So we feel like, I was just talking to you a lot about purpose, about calling, about passion for what God's created you to do, and we believe everybody has something unique that, they're, uh, that God has for them. So X factor is kind of a cool definition when you look it up in the dictionary. It means, and let's put that up there, oh you already got it, good. A change agent in a given situation that influences the outcome more than anything else. Now, to me, when I hear that, 
I think that's a cool word. I like that. It's, it's kind of trendy, but I like what it means more than anything else. Because if somebody is really walking in their purpose, if God's hand is upon their life and they're living in, in power and passion and purpose every day, then there will be a level of impact and influence that their life will create in the atmosphere and in the surrounding relationships around them that will absolutely change the scenery forever. God is so powerful that that's what happens when he gets involved in someone's life and he spills over as he, if people walk with him into the lives of other people around them. And so we say X factor. Yeah, that's awesome because what we, what, so what we call that is we call that a game changer. That's somebody, that's a something, man, game changer. That, that variable just changed the outcome of a situation more than anything else. And we believe that our lives as we're created from God, that ought to be what the evidence of our lives looks like that we're moving through and we're making an impact in situations that's changing the whole scenery of things. And it's not us. It's not because we're so good. It's because he's so powerful and he's so worthy of glory that as he shines through us, people can't help but recognize Jesus and recognize God on our lives. I don't want to be make people impressed with me. I want people to look and say, man, I, I see past him and I see something that actually resembles Jesus here. Like I, I want to be so close to God and walking in such strength and power that people say he's OK, he's good, but he's not that good. Like that's God upon that person's life. Right. And that's how we ought to be. And that's when things are changing in a powerful and a supernatural way, not in a natural way, folks. We can change things naturally, but I'm talking about supernatural transformation that occurs when a supernatural transforming God is the source at work all the time. Yeah. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. So raising up game changers. So X at the end of our name represents X factor, which is game changers, and then multiply, which is the, where the raising up part comes from. So we talk about raising up game changers. So let me spend a minute talking a little bit about game changers. So obviously I just said, it's somebody that's, that's walking in their calling and in their purpose, and that is finding tremendous impact, influence, and favor with people wherever they go. Now, don't misunderstand me. You have to make sure you get this. It's not that everybody everywhere loves us, okay? We oppose an enemy, and he doesn't love us. And so there are things, and we talked about enemies actually last month, but there are things that are going to happen that are going to create challenges and difficulties and trials. I mean, Jesus, he made lots of friends and loved lots of people, but there were also people that naturally hated him because of who he was and what he stood for. And so we got to understand that as we are living in our calling, we're gaining tremendous influence and favor. The Bible actually says about Jesus as he grew up, it says that he had favor with God and men. And men, there's a tremendous level of influence that God wants to raise each and every one of us up into how that looks, how it represents itself in our lives, how it plays out. That's all unique and different. And that's beautiful. But there's a level of influence that God wants to bring into each and every person's life. We're going to talk a little bit about this in humility. But the Bible says that God is going to he will exalt those who humble themselves and he will humble those who exalt themselves. So they're exalting means to raise up into a prominent place of influence and stature, but not so we can be famous, so God can be famous. So there's a level of influence that we are to be walking in 
And, uh, and God wants to use us to do great and, and mighty things. He sent His Son, Jesus, to die for our sins so that we could be saved, so we could have salvation. And then after Jesus did His finishing work on the cross and sat down at the right hand of the Father, the Bible says that God poured out His Holy Spirit. So He sent His Holy Spirit to live on the inside of each and every one of us. We're sealed by that. So He sent His Son to die for our sins so we could be saved, and He sent His Holy Spirit to empower us with things from upon high that we couldn't have naturally so that we could fulfill the great mighty calling that God has put on each and every one of our lives. It's a supernatural kind of empowerment that's required to live a supernatural calling on our lives. Make sense? So let me give you a few verses. And what I want to do, and you'll see a slide at the very end that will have all the verses that sort of summarize purpose. But I, I really plead with you to spend time this month praying and memorizing some of these verses that all really unveil this idea of purpose and calling for your life. I don't know about you, but when, when I got a hold of this thing and I started to get a revelation about this, it absolutely lit me on fire. Like God created me with a purpose and a calling and it was unique. Like it, it lit me on fire and I've never stopped burning from it. Okay. I mean, and I think that when I see people, boy, I've learned you can never underestimate the impact that happens in someone's life when they get a revelation of this. And you think to yourself, if you, live, if you live this and you believe this, like everybody just knows this. It's not the case. It's not the case. Some people that don't know God aren't aware of this, but there's people that know God who've maybe never been taught this or have been sold a false bill of goods about some dictator God ruling from on high, fire and brimstone, fear and, and all this other kind of stuff, right? But when you see people get a revelation about purpose and calling and passion for their lives, I, I got to tell you, I, I would never underestimate the impact and the change that occurs from something like that. So here's some of the verses. First of all, Jeremiah 29, 11. And some of these are, you're going to recognize, but think about them in the context of your purpose and calling for your life. The Bible says in Jeremiah, and this is God speaking to and through the prophet Jeremiah. He says, For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. So God has thoughts towards us and for us and about us and about our future. If that doesn't mean he doesn't have a plan, for you. I don't know what does, right? I mean, that's like a central, you like that, JJ? <laughs> Pretty funny, huh? Yeah. Um, Psalm 139, 13 in the New Living Translation. You made, all, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. See, you got to understand, guys, he doesn't just have a plan for your future. He's known about it before you were ever born. You were actually planned and prepared for the exact time and season that you were born in. The Bible says that. It says that, you know, God has preordained in the, the boundaries and the dwelling places of when men would live. I mean, they were planned for the time you were born. So God knew about this before you were ever even in your mother's mother's womb and he was fashioning you when you were in your mother's womb. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 also in the new living he says I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb before you were born I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Of all of God's children can this be said before I knew you I set you apart. Before you were born I had a vision for your life. Before you came into this earth there was already a supernatural calling that I had imparted upon you from on high that I would want you to walk in as you walked in faithfulness to me. Hallelujah. 
And, and what we want to be here at this church, oh, I love this, is we want to be a catalyst for this. Yeah. I, I want this place to be a catalyst where people's calling and purpose, it's like it's lit up, it's, it's birthed, it's given, it's life is breathed into it. I'm not the source of it or the originator. I'm just a nurturer of it. I'm just a stoker of that flame and of that fire, right? But if the key is, guys, and this you got to understand this too, and I want to get too technical or deep here, but there's there's a term that's called like predestination, okay? Preordained, predestined. And predestination is, is a theology that um, in some cases is taken to an extreme, and it's to say that everything is already pre-planned, and it's all going to happen, and there's nothing that we can do about anything. It's going to play out, right? People that love Jesus believe that some are called and some aren't, and we don't, we don't go that far with it here. When I, when I think of predestination, I think each and every person was created and predestined with a significant plan and purpose for their lives. God already had it fashioned out, but the key is, and this is where the, I would say our theology is, is, is strong in this, is that it's not an automatic, guaranteed, given thing that every man or woman is going to choose out of free will to walk in that purpose and plan and calling for their life. Because they may choose, they, we can choose for or against God. That's what free will basically comes down to. And so in choosing for God, we can choose to walk in His calling for our life. But in choosing against God or opposing that, then we actually choose not to walk in the plan and the calling and the purpose that He has for our life. So predestination is absolutely real. I mean, it's in the Bible. It talks about preordained men that were called for things. But what it's saying is, is that all of us actually, there's no person that God created that He created without a purpose. It just doesn't make sense, right? Everything God does is purposeful. There's no accidents. There's no random. There's no coincidence. Everything He does is purposeful. So our lives were created with purpose, but it's in our faithfulness and our obeying Him and walking in faith so that His power and His grace flow through our lives that actually cause us to be able to walk that out and our, our lives to flourish in the plan that He has for us. So take a look at some of these verses that, that I feel like go into that. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 in the message version. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose He is working, working out in everything and everyone. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 24. A man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man know his own way? And Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things, huge, which you do not know. See, we could spend our whole lives, guys, planning and fashioning things and creating what we, how we wanted to do things and where we wanted to end up and all this stuff. But what we have to understand is that there's no plan we can come up with that's as good as the plan or that God has created us for. And that apart from knowing Him intimately and being close with Him, there can be no knowledge of His will and of His plan for our lives. Because in knowing Him close and intimately through the Holy Spirit, that's in us. It's through the Holy Spirit that He reveals things to our spirit. The Bible says that our, the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. So we are confirmed in these things. And then that deposits a, me a measure of faith in us that we can then live from, from faith, believing that that's so. And then in living from that faith, it's like the activator of God's power to be released, which we call grace through our lives for those things to happen. Whew, amen. You believe that? So listen, 